So I was at the CQA Quilt Show in Vancouver 2022 as a media person for the first time at the show. And I was recording some great podcast content, kind of sneaking around the room at the awards ceremony. And before the awards began, I sat at a table at the very back with a few quilters I was meeting for the first time. One by one, the winners were announced and one quilter right beside me went up once and then twice and then three times in a row. Let's get this show rolling with special guest, Laura Gates. Hello, and welcome to the Quilter on Fire podcast, where I explore quilting stories that will inspire, motivate, and bring you more joy and less overwhelm in the studio. I'm your host, Brandy Maslowski, also known as the Quilter on Fire, and I can't wait to share this week's episode with you. So here we go. My guest today is Canadian quilt maker and long arm specialist, Laura Gates of Poppy Seed Quilting. And I first saw her work at QuiltCon 2022 in Phoenix when I was just taken aback by the quilt Little Spirits. I was looking for the quilt going in because Vanessa Genier of Quilts for Survivors told me it was amazing and I should look for it. I actually had to do an Instagram live in front of that quilt on the spot because it was so amazing. It was created by Laura Gates, Joanne Davenport, and Cindy Jensen Fisk after 215 unmarked graves were found at the Tecumseh Indian Residential School. I was delighted to discover that I was sitting right beside Laura at the CQA Awards Ceremony in June, and I can't wait to share the stories of that quilt and many more with you today. Laura, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me here today, Brandy. I have to say that I really enjoy your podcast. You're very good at it. And I've enjoyed all your guests from the more sort of well-known guests to the everyday quilter. So again, thanks so much for having me. Oh, I'm so excited that you're here. And thank you so much for listening to the show. That is so sweet. Now, I always love to take a little look back. What's your earliest recollection of wanting to be a quilter? Oh, that would have been with a friend of mine, Lori. She started us in quilting as a group. She took us all on as really beginners. And it was just fun, you know, when you get together with other quilters and maybe share a few laughs, quilting and and perhaps a little bit of wine in our group. So there you go. Yeah, that sounds so good. And was there someone who inspired you to really get into quilting early on? I have to say... For me, it was probably my aunt who is near 90 years old. She's a very prolific quilter and somebody who has just been a great supporter to me. Oh, that's nice. And where are you living in the world and who are your loved ones that you surround yourself with every day? Well, I live in Delta, which is just in the Vancouver area in British Columbia. I live with my husband, Mark. We have four grown children who are all out of the house. So we're at a nice stage in our life with just the two of us. We do see our kids every Tuesday where we have them for dinner. We have a bit of a meal and a little catch up. So that's my family. Oh, that's so great. And can you tell us a little bit more about your quilting journey? So when you started off quilting, were you doing sort of some traditional quilting or did you always like modern or what kind of style do you gravitate towards? I think 
I do a mix, but I joined the Vancouver Modern Guild about six years ago and met some wonderful cultures. And I think just joining that guild made me a little sway more towards the modern side lately, although everything is based with traditional quilting, don't you find? Yeah, absolutely. I think a lot of people start there with traditional quilting and often with a baby quilt or something like that. And then they kind of gravitate to the kind of quilting they love as they go. Okay. And so did you have another career or have you always quilted for a living? Oh, I've had a few careers. Out of school, I worked as an architectural drafter for many years. I worked for both commercial and residential firms. And that was, I'm dating myself a bit here, but that was when we used a pencil and a slide rule. Of course, we did move on to AutoCAD later in my career. So that I have to say, Brandy, it comes in very handy when you're making patterns and trying to think of big projects. So you never know where, you know, you get your tools for your toolbox. And after I had kids, well, I worked as a drafter after I had kids, but later on, I did get a job at our local library where I worked as an information assistant. So that was the last job that I had. So when did you start realizing, okay, I love this quilting thing. I need to gravitate to a long arm machine. Ah, good question. Well, Before I retired, I knew that I needed to have something to do. So I purchased a long arm just before I retired and set out to learn everything about long arming by taking courses, lately Zoom courses. So that's how that came to be. Yeah. And you've been long arming for at least like what, five years already now, right? I have. I have. And so let's talk about, you know, when you started to realize, you know what, there's shows everywhere, I could start entering shows, what prompted you to do that? I have to say it was a speaker that we had at one of our guild meetings. Her name is Beth Ann Nemish, who many of you know. And she just talked about when you enter a quilt for a quilt show, you're in a little bit of a different mindset, everything from the way you piece it to the way you finish it. And I think it was her that inspired me to go for it. And I have to say, Brandy, I have entered a lot of shows. I have had some rejections, which are kind of hard, and I have some that have been accepted. So I've decided I'm going to spend the next couple of years trying to submit some more quilts. Yeah. And it's such a great feeling. I mean, when you think about it, it's a huge, significant achievement just to enter the show. So that really is the win. And anything else that comes of it is kind of a bonus, right? Exactly. You know, right? You have entered yeah. shows as well. So you, yeah. you know that feeling. Yeah, absolutely. So did you start to think at some point that you're going to start doing long arming for other people? I did. And that was a little bit of a scary thing when you're working on somebody else's quilt. In the beginning, when I was first starting, I did what many new long armors do is they beg other cultures to let them practice on their quilts. So I I did that for a few years, certainly with good friends, and then just sort of you know, realized that, you know, people were enjoying some of the quilting that I did. So it just sort of expanded where I am today. I know a lot of quilters and I'm fine that now I'm just busy enough by doing some customer quilts as well as trying to find time to do quilts for myself. Yeah. Okay. So were what were some of the most memorable quilts along the way? Well, I have a few. One of the ones that I enjoyed doing was a quilt called Sister Celebration. That one was done with 
Bereen Campbell's pattern, and it was a part of the sisterhood swap. So she had us organized into groups of eight. We swapped blocks. I decided to do a larger quilt. So I involved more women. In my project, we had 21 women from seven different countries. We ended up with 200 blocks that were pieced into a quilt. And it was just a very special quilt working with women that were younger women all the way up to my aunt who was 87 years old at that time. So this quilt was juried into the virtual Quilt Canada show in 2020. And I believe it was a finalist. So for obvious reasons, it was a special quilt for us. Yeah. And can you describe what it looks like for us? Yeah, you can catch a picture on my Instagram under poppy seed quilting, but it is super colorful. It kind of kept with Bereen Campbell's color palette, bright oranges, bright pinks, and uh, we bordered it in a gray. We had also inset some of the sisterhood pattern. So, Okay. So let's mention that Instagram handle right now. I go by the name of Poppy Seed Quilting. Okay, let's get into the Connected Project. Oh, sure. The Connected Project is another project by Bereen Campbell. She developed that for guilds in a, a sort of a way to keep connected during the pandemic lockdown. Yeah. So Bereen Campbell of Happy So Lucky again. And um, I took that idea to another guild, the Fraser Valley Quilters Guild. They decided to go forward with it. And 48 women from that guild contributed blocks. And we did that all remotely, a lot of Zoom sessions. And we just had fun just working in that new way. The quilt was pieced by one of the members. I was able to long arm it. And it was also juried into Quilt Canada 2021 in their virtual show. And coincidentally, the Guild, the Fraser Valley Quilters Guild, is having their quilt show in May. And the Connections quilt will be raffled off and proceeds going to a local charity. So I hope some of you will be able to join that show in May. Come by and see us. We'd love to have you. Okay. And if you're wondering who Bereen Campbell is, I've already had her on the podcast. So you have to go back and find that episode and check it out. She was a fantastic interview and I was delighted to meet her for the first time at Quilt Canada for like 10 seconds, but at least I got to meet her. She was delightful. Okay. Now let's get into the story behind Little Spirits. It was in QuiltCon and Quilt Canada. So tell us about that project and who you worked with. Oh, Little Spirits is a very important and special quilt done to honor the residential school children that were affected at that time. And I worked together with my good friend, Joanne Davenport. She goes by Remarkable Impressions Quilting. And yes, yeah, some of us long armors go to other long armors. She is phenomenal. And we also brought in my very good friend, Cindy Jensen Fisk. She just added a nice element to this project. Cindy is part of the Gitsan band and just sort of really added a lovely touch. Cindy was the one that added the hand-sewn ivory buttons to the quilt and Joanne Davenport quilted 215 teardrops onto the quilt. And by the way, Cindy added 215 buttons to the quilt. So it really has significant meaning. I mean, when we discussed this, many times we were brought to tears just by 
the story and some of the things that went along with this horrific event. So, yeah, so this quilt was, we were happy that it was juried into QuiltCon Phoenix, as you know, and you were so good at sending me pictures because I wasn't able to attend that show. And it was also in Quilt Canada, Vancouver. So anytime this quilt gets shown, we are happy. And it has been selected by Quilt Canada to go to the New England Quilt Museum in the spring of next year. So that's so exciting. And is there a possibility that you guys might be able to go see it there? like to it just kind of depends on what what time of year is going to be like I'm still a little bit leery about flying so another friend of mine Lorna Shapiro has a quilt that's also been selected to go to that same show and she said Laura we should go so she's gung-ho so you never know I, I you never know I may go Yeah, that would be so lovely. Okay, now I just want to take a moment to read a bit of a description about that project. So I wanted to read this because it's just so telling. A combination of quilting and elements of Indigenous button blankets were used to create a multicultural expression of the horrific legacy of these institutions. The goal was to bring light to darkness. Little Spirits was machine pieced and then quilted on a computerized framed machine. The buttons on the crosses represent the unknown number of our ancestors not yet found at the other 138 institutions. The ones going through the smoke holes represent the journey of the children who died at these schools to the sky when they passed on. When I read the description, which is slightly different than this at QuiltCon, I think I just stood there for about five minutes and I just took in just the texture of the buttons and the crosses and the design and the color. Like I was so blown away by this quilt. I just, it was bringing me to tears. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's such a, it's such a, it's such a horrific thing that has happened in Canada. And, you know, there's sort of this air out there of, you know, it wasn't me, it was the history. And really we are, we are the people who need to have the conversations about this and learn more about it at the very least, right? So it's just such an important thing. And I'm so glad to be able to discuss it on the show. Thanks for that, Brandy. Thank you. And so let's get on to a little bit of a lighter topic. You mentioned that you're a member of the Modern Guild. So how have guilds helped you along the way? Oh, my goodness. Well, with the four guilds that I belong to, I mean, you know, belonging to a guild, there's so much talent within that guild. And sometimes from the most unsuspecting people, they're just like, oh, my God, the artists that are there. So yeah, I've done some talks at some of the guilds on my long arm journey, which is wonderful. And yeah, I get a lot of inspiration from the guilds as well. Yeah. And I love what you just said there about the most unexpected people, because sometimes there's a little challenge at your local guild and everybody tries it out and has fun with it. And, you know, there might be one or two people who are just like, no, I'm not really going to show what I did, but then you kind of force them to, and they end up winning the challenge, right? So it's so (laughs) delightful. It's so delightful to see what comes from people's minds when we're doing a challenge or who will, you know, just join you in a circle around to see what you've done and give you a hand or a tip or or whatever. So I always find that guilds are the place to bring your problems and your circle of friends will come and help you, right? Absolutely. 
Okay, so let's get into your studio space. I know you gave me a sneak peek of where you are. Can you tell us all about the type of studio space that you work in? Can you describe it to us? I can. I I took over the family games room when it wasn't being used anymore. It was the first time in my life that I actually had a quilting space. I was one of those dining room sewers where you had to (laughs) clean up every time or not. So You know, I have a couple of things going for me, Brandy, as far as quilting goes, and that is I have the space to work now. It is it sits above a double garage plus a family room. So it's fairly big. And I also have the time. You know, when you're working full time, you just don't have that luxury. So just those two things have really helped me in my quilting. So my quilting machine is 12 feet long by four feet. So you need a room that's big enough. Plus, you know, I've got my sit down sewing machine and I have room for my big design wall. I work on a lot of big projects. So that's kind of nice to have that space as well. So I love that we can have visitors again in the sewing room. Prior to that, we were meeting on my back deck the last couple of years. So I encourage people to call me up and come for a visit. Yeah. And so you mentioned your group of friends and a few people that you meet with and have wine. So how often do you guys get, how often do you guys get together and like, how do you sort of brainstorm your next project? Oh gosh, getting together. I mean, we used to get together monthly, but just because people have moved to different areas of the world, we're unable to do that, but we still meet every year for, it kind of started as a quilting retreat, but Sometimes we don't quilt. We're just all about the food and getting together. So we do that usually around Remembrance Day. My friend Lori and I are great at bouncing off ideas and keeping each other accountable. And so, yeah, and just with some of my guild friends is how I get a lot of help with some of the newer projects that I'm working on. I'm not afraid to approach somebody that I'm very inspired by, but don't know that well, and just say, oh, hey, my name is Laura, I'm working on this quilt. And I'm just wondering if you can help me with this. And more often than not, they're going to say, pop on over, come and have a chat. So I've done that several times and have really enjoyed that, that chat. Yeah, that's such a great idea. Okay, so, and, you know, you gave me a sneak peek at what's on your design wall right now. And so can you give us a glimpse into your creative process? Like, can you sort of tell us how your latest quilt came to be? Okay, process. You know, I'm inspired by a lot of things, and it could be anything from a photo that I see and I save. It could be a piece of fabric that might start you onto a project like the the orange crosses in the Little Spirits quilt. That was the first fabric that I had for that project. It could be an event like anything. So how I usually work on a quilt is, you know, like anything, if you have an idea, you have to take the time to flesh that out in a way that would work in a quilt. So I work a lot on my iPad. I use an app, a drawing app called Procreate. And there I'm going to play with different drawings, different colors. I spend hours doing this sometimes. Sometimes ideas will translate to a quilt. Sometimes they don't so much. You just kind of have to work with it. So that's usually my process. That's usually more than 50% of the job is done in that pre-planning before I even cut fabric. 
Mm-hmm. Now, the quilt on your wall right now is very striking. It's black and white. <laughs> Can you describe it to us? Or is well, it, a, would we be getting a sneak peek? <laughs> like, is that too early? <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm, I'll put up a sneak peek soon. I'm going to enter that into QuiltCon, which I believe is in Atlanta, Georgia. Is yes. It? Yeah. Okay. Are you going? Yes, I am. Great. So for that quilt, I started with one block. It's my blocks are 20 by 20 inches. Oh, and I decided you had a guest on a few years ago. It was Felicity. Yeah. Nadia, get bleep done. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Felicity, Ronigan. Yeah. And Nadia Soko, they are amazing. I took a, a little note from them and they said, you know, pick one thing and try and be accountable and do it. So what I decided to do was one block every week during the summer and I have nine blocks in total. So that tells you how long it took me to do that. So my blocks are each different. I drafted a pattern for each of them various inspirational things that I used and I made a block every week. So yeah, and I put it in against white fabric and framed it in sort of a soft blue contrast. So quilted the heck out of it and we'll see how it does for a quilt con submission this year. Yeah. Well, I wish you all the best of luck with that. It's beautiful. Okay. This is a question I love to ask all of my guests and you may have heard it if you listen to the podcast, (laughs) which you do. What brings you joy? Well, for me, of course, along with hanging out with my family and friends would be in my quilting business. I really like it when somebody comes and see their finished quilt for the first time and the reaction on their face and what they say. Yeah. Oh, that's so great. Okay. So right now we are going to take a quick break. And then when we come back, we're going to talk all about Laura's top three tips for bringing your quilt to a long armor and her recent wins at Quilt Canada. We'll be right back. Okay. Northcott Fabrics are famous to quilters for their Stonehenge and O Canada collections. Right here on this podcast, we give away fabric from Northcott Collections, Banyan Batiks, and Figo Fabrics. Look for all of these at your local quilt shop, Northcott Cottons That Feel Like Silk. Do you feel physically and mentally weighed down, not feeling creative or happy at the end of every day? Dara Thomason has created the perfect solution for you. It's called Love Yourself Thin. It's a lifetime membership for quilters where they guarantee their own permanent weight loss. Discover how to liberate yourself from your old weight loss stories and start living the life you truly want. The website is www.darathomason.com and it's spelled D-A-R-A-T-O-M-A-S-S-O-N. The countdown is on to cruising the Caribbean with me, the quilter on fire and stitch in heaven. Only five months to go before we set sail. Book now before the spots are all gone. Just imagine the gorgeous blue-green waters, the sandy beaches, and a super fun quilt project to top it off. Don't delay. Start your dream countdown today. Go to stitchinheaven.com and search for Patchwork Pirates. The cruise sets sail May 14th to 21st, 2023. And we are back with Laura Gates and let's talk long arm quilting. So Laura, you have some tips for our listeners today when you're bringing your quilt to the long arm quilter. I do have a few tips. When you bring a quilt to a long armor, you're going to want to prep that much the same way that you would if you were doing it on your domestic machine. And of course, you know, the basics, you want to clip the threads on the back, have it pressed, square it up as much as possible. 
I always like it when quilters sew a perimeter edge around the outside of their quilt, and that just prevents the seam allowances from opening up once it's on the machine. When you, well, when I have a new quilter come and see me, I'm usually thinking of three things in mind. And the first thing is, of course, budget. A few things comes along with that. Maybe I'll just get back to that in a sec, Brandy. The second thing is, what's the quilt going to be used for? Is it a wall quilt, a comfy couch quilt, maybe a show quilt, dog quilt, etc.? And yes, I have quilted some quilts for dogs and cats. The third thing is, when do you need the quilt by? Sometimes, you know, for example, it might be a show quilt that somebody has that they need within a month and your long armor may or may not be able to accommodate that time frame. So that's a consideration. So I'll just get back to budget. Budget is really depends on what kind of quilting style that you want. It may be more of an edge to edge. An edge to edge quilting style is one design that repeats itself on an entire quilt. It is one of the best choices for most quilts, for your everyday quilts. If you're doing more of a show quilt or a special quilt, sometimes something more custom is more appropriate. Custom might involve, you know, every block might have a different motif. Maybe the sashing and the border might have something else, some ruler work. And you can see that this is just a little bit more time consuming. So there's certainly quilting in between that range as well. And I have to say, when people come up to my studio, I try and screw out a bunch of quilts that I've done that have examples of both so that you can sort of look at it and say, well, I like that density. I like this style. So that way we get a fairly good idea of where you sit. And lastly, I just try and get an idea of what kind of style you like. I ask, you know, are you more modern or more traditional? Do you like feathers? Maybe you hate feathers. Do you like more of a linear look? Do you like dense quilting or less dense quilting? So these are some of the things that quickly we can nail down. So that's just a quick highlight of what happens when you come and see me. Yeah, it's kind of a great glimpse into what you should be thinking about before you even bring your quilt in. Because, you know, a lot of people don't think about just the threads on the back of the quilt top. If you have white fabric on there, you're going to see all those threads through, right? So that's a great tip. So many great tips in there, way more than three tips. Okay, so let's get into, this is like the most exciting part of the episode. (laughs) I've been wanting to talk to you about this since I was sitting at that table with you at Quilt Canada. So let's talk about your three Quilt Canada wins. So which one do you want to start with? Okay, let's start with the kimono one. That one I called Sudu, and that one was named after my grandmother. That quilt started with a street banner done by an artist, Norman Takauchi. I had to contact him, ask for permission, which he gave me. And, you know, talk about inspiration. That that banner sat in my drawer for about 15 years. I didn't know what to do with it. Then an idea came, okay, I got to make a quilt. That went up on my design wall and, you know, chose fabrics that tried to complement the the banner. And uh, yeah, so I named this one Sudu, and it was to honor all the people that endured the Japanese internment back in the mid-40s. So that was what that quilt was about. And yes, it did win second place at Quilt Canada in the modern category. And I believe it was also at festival. So you were... 
Dr. Manchu. <laughs> saying, hey, Laura, let me send you a picture. You, yeah. you, I love how you make time for, for us, Brandy. Thank you. Oh, gosh. When I walk through a show, whether it's in the UK or in Canada or if it's in the USA at Houston or QuiltCon, when I see a Canadian, I want to drop everything. I, I, so I'm very, you know, patriotic. And I want to like if they're not there in case they're not there, I want to take a picture of their quilt and send it to them. And it was such a, an exciting experience for me to see my own quilt at QuiltCon that I just feel like I don't want them to miss out on that joy. Right. So I had so much fun with that. So I first saw it at Quilt Festival in Houston, and then I saw Tsuru again at QuiltCon. And yeah, it's just fantastic. Like you can go, I think on your Instagram and find that as well. Right. Yes. But also one good way to find these quilts is you can just go to the Quilt Canada, the CQA website and look for the 2020 winning quilts and you'll be able to find them. But you do have to actually click on them to find out who made them. So you'll be looking for them. But okay, so let's talk about the next one, which is Rockstar. Oh, yeah, Rockstar. Rockstar was an idea for a quilt that I gave to my husband. Now, I have to just tell you that my husband is not really up on the quilting world. He appreciates the time that we put into it, but he's really like, I'm pretty sure you can buy quilts at Walmart kind of <laughs> late. So, <laughs> so anyways, I, I think I made the quilt more for myself, but I on the label, it says it's for him. So Rockstar, I mean, we're both curlers, so there you go. And for this one, the inspiration for this one came from an ad that we saw on TV when we were watching a curling tournament. And I think it might have been a Pinty's ad or actually, I can't remember. So that's how the design came up. And I drafted a pattern for that. And uh, yes, this one went to Quilt Canada, and I believe it won third place in the modern category. Yes, it did. And it's it's fascinating because the, the second you look at it, you're like, oh, yeah, that's curling. That's like a curling, the end area of the curling ring. And I love the little play on words where you put Rockstar on there. And the quilting is incredible. It's like this geometric, all kinds of grids all over it. It's just really cool. So. Uh, it must have taken you forever to do that. Yeah, that quilting took a little bit of time. But when you're working on your own quilts, you get to spend as much time as you want. So <laughs> yeah, love that. Okay, let's get into one more called Pink Blossoming Gardens. Okay, so that one was a pattern by Carolyn Murphy. She is with Freebird Quilting, I believe. And I just really, really was captivated by this pattern. And I had this color palette in mind when I made this and also the quilting design that I knew I wanted to do on this. So I really liked how her pattern and my quilting came together on this one. And this one was quite exciting. I won first prize for quilting on a frame, I believe. Mm. So uh, that was quite an honor. Yeah, that's the excellence award for machine quilting framed. And it is so innovative. So you have these incredible grids everywhere. And then you have some straight line quilting. But in between those lines, you've added all these beautiful little quilting motifs in there, like flowers and all kinds of things. So it's just so worth going to the CQA website to find these quilts. Because when you click on the quilt, you see the whole thing, but then also you can hover over it and it shows this great detail of the entire quilt. You could just scroll around and look at the whole thing. I'm doing it while we're talking right now. And it's just like, <laughs> it's eye candy. It's really, really beautiful. So it's, you just did a wonderful job. 
Thanks for that, Brandy. You have a really great way of describing the quilts with some enthusiasm. So I have to thank you for that. Oh, well, it's my pleasure. This is my passion. And, you know, going through the quilt judging programs I've been through over the years, when we see something like this quilt, the Pink Blossoming Garden, the quilting is really innovative. You don't see that very often. So as a judge, when you see something that's not, you know, general meandering all over a quilt, or, you know, you see something that is a little more advanced and unique, you get really delighted because you can sometimes get tired of seeing the same thing over and over again at quilt shows. I mean, I love matchstick quilting. It's one of my favorite kinds of quilting, but you see it a lot at a modern show, right? And so you've kind of taken a variation on the matchstick, made some of them wider and narrower, and then put all these beautiful designs in between some, but not all. So anyway, it's really fun to look at. So everyone Uh should go check it out. So let me just tell you where to go for that, actually. So you'd go to canadianquilter.com slash NJS dash award dash winners and go from there. You'll find it when you get to the website. So it has been so fun to talk about these and just it's really fun to look at them too. So Let's get into a little bit of the quilty biz side of things, because I know you you mostly quilt by word of mouth and for friends, but how has your quilty biz shifted over the last two years over the pandemic? Oh, that's a great question. You know what? I think I was actually a little bit busier during the pandemic because people had the time to sew. So, and we made it work by us meeting on the back deck and just, uh, you know, got our business done there. And as far as myself, you know, with the lockdown, it forced me to get into a routine of sewing every single day. So, you know, I'm not saying that COVID was good, but it was actually good to help you get into that groove. Yeah, so great. And so who were your friends that you're sitting with at the table with me at Quilt Canada? Those are friends from uh, my fan group, as well as they're members of the Fraser Valley Quilters Guild. And it's funny thing is, you know, when you first receive the email from Quilt Canada saying that, okay, Tsudu won an award, but they don't tell you for what. And then a few hours later, I got another email about another quilt. And then shortly after a third email, and I, I was just quite honored, but they invited you to the award show, but I really didn't think I was going to go just because it's not really my thing. Anyways, I called up a couple of friends and some of them were sitting at that table and all of them said, oh, Laura, you must go. You have to go. And I was like, okay. So I did go and I'm so glad that I did, Brandy. I'd never been to one before. And I think the CQA did a great job making everyone feel special, their quilt. I love seeing all the quilts up on the big screen and seeing people accept their awards, people that you, was nice to put a face to a name. So it was cool. It was nice to meet you at the table as well. Yeah, it was a pleasure. And when you walked up for the third time in a row, (laughs) one of your friends turned to me and said, we absolutely had to convince her to come. She wasn't (laughs) even going to (laughs) come. So I was so delighted to be able to meet you. Okay. So So now we are going to get into the lightning round robin. It's a series of rapid fire questions and it's super fun. Are you ready? Go for it. Okay. What is your favorite notion? Oh, my favorite notion would have to be my ironing board. I've got a extension put on the ironing board, the one that extends it into a nice rectangle. So game changer for ironing quilts. Oh, nice. Okay. And when you see something in the world that inspires you, how do you capture that? 
Oh, I'm always thinking of anything that I'm inspired by and seeing if I can translate it into a quilt pattern. Mm -hmm. So do you capture things on your phone, like with photos, or do you sketch thing, carry a sketchbook with you everywhere you go? I have a big photo collection. So yes, that's exactly what I do. And a lot of my photos of quilts that you see at all those show and tells at the guilds that you go to, you know, talk about inspiration. That's a really great starting point. Yeah. Okay. And do you have any kind of collections of any kind? Oh, Brandy, I have a lot of collections. If you walk <laughs> around the house, you'll see everything from I collect dishes to, oh, in the sewing room, I have old thimbles. I have a collection of vintage books, threads, and of course, a bunch of fabric. Yeah, fabric is our big one, right? Okay. And what is something quilters do not know about you? One of the things that I would like to do, but I haven't, is I am interested in working with a fresh artist, maybe somebody that isn't a quilter, and somebody that might be interested in collaborating with me, their artwork, with my quilting. So that I'm putting the word out there. Get a hold of me if you'd like to work together on that. Yeah, that's kind of cool. So have you had any embarrassing moments in the long arm business? Yeah. One of the things that I can think of is I I lost somebody's backing. Oh, gosh. <laughs> well, I didn't really lo lose it. I used it for one of my own quilts somehow. <laughs> By accident. Whoops. I thought I, I bought that. <laughs> I know. So luckily, it was a good friend of mine. So I had to make that call of shame and say... <laughs> Um, I'm going to have to buy you some new backing because I used it on one of my own quilts. So that <laughs> only happened once. So, <laughs> Oh, that's great. That's hilarious. Okay. Well, that was really funny. So thank you for braving the lightning round, Robin. So we already mentioned this, but you mostly do quilting for friends and by word of mouth, but where can quilters connect with you or follow you on social media? The best place would be Instagram under Poppy Seed Quilting. And uh, most of the quilts that I do are from of my guild mates mm -hmm. and people that they know. But, you know, direct message me and uh, we can definitely talk about that. Yeah. And you're always up for a good collaboration, right? Absolutely. Okay. So again, that Instagram handle is at Poppy Seed Quilting. Okay, now I'm going to mention this week's contest giveaway. It's Northcott and a huge thank you to Northcott Fabrics. You hear me talk about them a lot on this podcast. They have been a podcast sponsor since 2013 and supported me with the latest fabrics at every step along the way. So I just want to give a big shout out to the team there at Northcott. I'm constantly giving away fat quarters on the podcast, at my lectures and workshops. So thank you. Now, Laura, as we wrap up the podcast today, what do you want quilters to take away most from our conversation? Wow, good grief. One of the things I would like to let quilters know, and I talk to my quilting friends about this, is that if you're in the business of quilting, sometimes time just gets away from you. And you need to set aside time for yourself to work on your own projects. So sometimes that's easier said than done. But uh, for myself, I try and block out six to eight weeks out of the year where I can dedicate to working on some of my own stuff. So that would be that. 
Oh, that is such great advice. And wow, I feel like you were just talking directly to me there because I do not carve out <laughs> enough time for myself. That is one thing that goes along the wayside. What you just said there is such great advice because, you know, we have so many things to do in our world. Everyone is different. But for me, the one thing that sort of slides off the end of my task list is that special time just for me to create. So great advice to end with. Thank you so much for that. Okay. Now, Laura, I just loved having you on the show. Thank you for being here today. Thank you so much, Brandy. You are an absolute delight. Oh, thank you. So that was my show with Laura Gates. Just first of all, a huge congratulations to the wonderful wins at Quilt Canada recently. I really admire Laura's group project, Little Spirits, that they made to help raise awareness of the individual, family, and intergenerational impacts of residential schools. With all of her recent quilt projects and awards along the way, the stories are so meaningful. And Laura has such a great story going into retirement and really blossoming at doing what she loves. And I loved sharing her story with you. Now, did you know the Quilter on Fire podcast has up to 4,000 unique listeners per week? And not only that, each advertisement is up for the life of the podcast. If you have a quilty business and you advertise, you need to advertise right here. Drop me an email at brandy at quilteronfire.com to pick your advertising spot today. The podcast reviews are coming in and I can't tell you enough how much I appreciate your kind words. The best thing you can do to support a creator is to introduce them to your friends. Thank you for listening to the Quilter on Fire podcast. Until next time, dream big and have fun in the studio with the Quilter on Fire.